The pounding on the door continued. The house shook at its very foundation, like the aftershock of an earthquake. Mary wasn't sure if she'd make it out alive, but with one fresh gasp of air, she flew forward onto her feet and hurtled toward the front door. The grandfather clock tipped over and crashed in front of the door, blocking her and pouring human organs and limbs from its top across the foyer. Mary jumped over the clock without a second glance and smacked hard against the front door as the pounding continued. Her knees and back ached. Her frequent dizziness returned to her with full force, making it nearly impossible to clutch the door handle and push it open. She rose up as heat engulfed her, as if from an unseen fire. Her hands went to the door handle and yanked it open as moonlight hit her face. She ran outside, screaming for help, and then collided into a man standing at the base of her steps. Hey there, listen to me. Calm down, he said. She twisted about, but couldn't shake the man's grip. Let me go, she said repeatedly. Mary, please listen to me, the man pleaded. Mary looked up, trembling, and saw Pastor Phil's face watching her with concern. She didn't know what to say. Goodness, Mary, what happened? He asked, releasing her. Too stunned to respond, she slowly walked toward the front door and looked inside the house. There was no grandfather clock, no blood, and no body parts scattered across the hardwood floor. Was it all in my head? She thought, with growing doubt in her sanity. The house, she began. It, it came alive. Julie spoke to me. The spirit of Julie Bechdel, the youngest Bechdel child, murdered 40 years prior, had reached out to Mary as the house went amok. Her deceased family wanted Mary's help, Julie had said. Their killers were still out there, and they needed to be brought to justice. Pastor Phil took a step back and shook his head. The secrets of the Beckdell mansion must stay buried for Redwood to survive, Phil said. That's just the way it is. That's the way it's always been. I don't understand, Mary said, exhausted and shaken. What secrets? She suddenly looked up at him with suspicion. And what are you doing here? Forgive me, Mary, he answered. I came here to talk, to help, actually. She closed the front door, turned, and then approached Phil. I, I don't know what to make of it. The house, it came alive. She paused and hung her head down, staring at the concrete. I saw Julie. She, she appeared to me. She paused again and looked up at Phil. I'm not crazy. Phil stepped forward and placed a sympathetic hand on her shoulder. Of course you're not, Mary. You have a gift. I know that they're in there. They've always been in there, but I cannot see them. Mary turned away, still shaken and entered the courtyard where she began to pace around. Why me? She asked. I don't know what any of it means. It is proof of life after death, he said. A secret of the afterlife that must stay within these walls, 
Human beings cannot comprehend the powers beyond our existence. Sometimes, however, there are some, like you, who can catch a glimpse of it. Mary hung her arms down at her sides, staring past her fill down. So you've known that this mansion has been haunted the entire time? Why didn't you tell us? I can only get so involved, he said. This house does not take well to outsiders or men of faith like myself. The dead resent the living. Those restless souls in there want their eternal connection with God, but they're being denied. A warning would have been nice. An anonymous tip. Anything, Mary said. I tried to deliver you and Curtis a warning, Phil said, confusing Mary even more.